listening to the Killy Shrew View podcast, the home of two clubs, one love, Shrewsbury Town and Kilmarnock FC. Listeners and welcome to another episode of Two Clubs One Love, the Killy Shrew View. And this is season two, episode eight, Comeback Kings. Yes, what a day yesterday for both Shrewsbury and Kilmarnock. Uh, apologies to the listeners, my vo- voice is a bit husky, uh, but excuse me for the uh, husky voice. Obviously, three points, um, you know, and a comeback. Uh, from 1-0 down, which we'll discuss about, um, is just cause for a, a husky voice. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and Rob, I can hear you chuckling in the background there. So Rob, my co-host, uh, I believe he was at a uh, game as well yesterday, which was the Shrewsbury game at Bristol Rovers. Um, bit of controversy after the game, we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, before we sort of discuss what we're going to be um, chatting about uh, on this podcast tonight um how's your week been all right yeah pretty good mate yeah um looking forward to an extended weekend and i think that was that was the convincing thing that just gave me the decision to go last minute yesterday i think um but uh yeah enjoyed it It was a good day good um how are you you? yeah not bad um yeah i like I say, I treated myself to a Donyard, uh, which is a, one of the best Indians up here. So it was uh, well deserved after the two-one uh, <laughs> win. But no, it's been it's been all right week. I'm I'm working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, so unfortunately, I'm working bank holiday Monday. Um, but it's not really a bank holiday as such up here. Um, we have ours a bit later. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, it's all right. I've got four days. We're going camping after. So so yes, uh, but. Football-wise, you kind of complain. Um, you know, two two good results at the weekend. There, I mean, for for what I always say in a game, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, go behind, um, always make sure you, if you're not gonna win it, take the point. And Shrewsbury obviously did that. Kilmarnock obviously went one better, got the the three points. But yeah, kind of complain. No, it was good. It was good, and um, I'm sure we'll go into it. But could have took more. Could have took more. Yeah, seen from the stats, uh, we had more possession, so that'll please uh, some of the people. Uh, but jokes yeah. aside, jokes including aside, me, no. including me. Yeah, no, we're, we're all. Don't, to be honest, that's that's no, um, uh, that's not a dig at anyone. By the way, that's you know we all we've all you know we all want to be entertained, and I suppose there comes a time where you're thinking, is this what we're going to be used to? Um, yeah. So yeah, some fans are right to be disgruntled with it, I suppose. But flip side of it, you know. Um, I suppose we've always been like that. I mean, it was an interesting stat that someone pulled out today. I don't know who it was, uh, and Busy replied to it. Um, so it was something like Shrewsbury have drawn 900 games now in the league. Um, so that spans back in like 62 years in league football, like in the last 62 years or something. It's like 900 draws. I was like, oh, bloody hell. 
Um, so I, 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 I took eight hundred of them were nil nil. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, probably right. But <laughs> I, I divided that out, out like in terms of seasons, and so like nine hundred divided by sixty-two, and it worked out at fourteen and a half. So you're talking what fifteen draws a season. I was like, to be fair, going on current seasons, that's probably just about right, isn't it? Yeah. On the average, um, and we've already drawn three games of our of our set is it seven games now or six games no mm. six games so we've already drawn 50 percent uh of our games this season um so yeah we are we are draw specialists aren't we shrewsbury yeah unfortunately yeah i don't mind i don't mind away from home it's just um, we need to pick up that home form don't we yeah i mean yeah we're unbeaten away from home which is good i mean i, I um you know when you look back at obviously last season and the games we played away we got absolutely battered at wickham um, should have lost it and we picked up a point, but then we lost to Morecambe. Um, we didn't score in either of those games. Um, whereas this season, we absolutely battered Morecambe, didn't score, got the draw though. Um, and obviously, you'd probably say we got battered against Wickham again, but this time yeah. we come from behind, picked up the win. So, shows a bit of resilience there in the in the town team, you know, in terms of our defence. You know, we seem to be grinding out results better. Um, so, you know, that's. You know that's better. That's better off points away from home. So, like you say, it's great picking up the points away, but we do need to start scoring and picking up points at home. We've yet to score at home in the league. Uh, I don't think. I think it's a nil-nil, a three-nil, yeah. and a one-nil defeat. So, yeah. yeah, we we really do need to start picking up points. But out of those games, realistically, you know, the Accrington one, you expect us to really sort of get something. Referee maybe cost us in that one. Uh, Ipswich scored us off the park that day, and then Derby obviously, you know, was was you know we could have easily won that one nil or something. We could have scraped a, a win. So, you know, I'm not not too concerned. Um, I, I do think the concerns amongst probably ourselves and town fans, um, you know, is the depth of the squad yet again isn't where it needs to be. Um, you know, we do really need to get that depth and we'll probably go on to that in a minute because there was yeah. a, obviously a potential serious injury to Udo, which, you know, you will be able to probably elaborate on more than myself. Um, but obviously he went off early, which doesn't look good. Um, you know, we, we can't afford to be picking up these injuries to the key first team players because, you know, if we lose a Luke Leahy or a Flanagan or a Morosi, you know, uh, I don't know, or even one of the midfielders, um, you know, Bayless or Shipley, then, you know, the suspensions kick in, you know, before you know it, you could be missing two or three players. Uh, but on the flip side of that, we have got likes of Bennett and O'Brien to come back, but we, we probably do need at least another two or three bodies in the in the squad. But whether we get that or not, you know, that's to be seen, isn't it really? But mm. what, what's, your, what's your thoughts, um, you know, on two, uh, first of all, what players that we need in, what's, what's your thoughts? You know, would you say two or three players is probably a, a decent amount of people that we would need to come in or would you? I think, it, more? yeah, I, I think, I think we probably do need more than that, but um, expectation against what, you know, reality is probably very different. Um, I would be surprised if we get two or three in by Thursday, just with the nature of the way we do our business. I just don't, I just don't, I don't see it. I, I really don't. Um don't know. I might, I might be surprised, but by Thursday, I realistically, I, if I if there's more than two in by Thursday and non out non outgoing, I'd be amazed. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't see us getting in two or three, like you say. What we need and what we get, and in reality, you know, it's always a case of scraping uh, for players. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, there'll be a lot of players that are out of contract that we can obviously still go for past the window. So, effectively, yeah, the window's up on. Um, 
on let's say Thursday, but we we would like to get our business done by then, really. Um, but yeah. there's always the opportunity to pick up a freebie. Um, there was rumours of Alan Pierre, Aaron Pierre coming back in. Um, I'd written him down, yeah, yeah, because yeah, uh, they'd seen him. But um, obviously that was uh, written off quite quickly. To be fair, um, I don't think it's a sort of position we need to be looking at, and it would be a waste of a wage. So I'm glad that that isn't a rumour that's uh, obviously came true. Um, Carl Stockton, interestingly, there's been murmurs of him maybe being linked with town, but then there's been a sort of confirmed uh, sort of, would you say, um, confirmation of that maybe. Now, which um, is interesting to see, for me, the price tag for Stockton, 600,000, even though he scored, what, 25 goals last year. If you look at the rest of his career, he's not been like a 25-goal-a-season striker, and he's at no. 28. So... Morecambe are basically, I suppose, doing what most clubs do and trying to get their highest amount for their prized asset, you know, that they've got. But realistically, no one's going to pay six hundred thousand for Stockton this close to the window, and certainly Shrewsbury are not going to pay six hundred thousand. Um, you know, talks of Fleetwood, uh, you know, trying to maybe pay a couple of hundreds. I don't even think Shrewsbury would pay a couple of hundred, if I'm honest. Um, I don't think that. I think that's going to be a Will Grigg situation. Um, mm. <laughs> where you know there's talks for him all through Thursday, you know, or he could be joining this hat and the other, but he'll end up probably either staying at Morecambe or or joining a I don't know Rotherham or maybe Fleetwoods or Blackpool. I don't know. But, um, Interesting he, to see what our what our budget actually is because we don't spend anything. We always get freebies in more often than not, don't we? And uh, and the thing is though, like the loans do cost as well. And you know, as we found out last year with Cosgrove and how much he was on. You know, which was a surprise, mm. and how much we were actually paying him. Uh, he's on eighteen grand, and I think we were believed to be paying about four grand of that. So, you know, for me, we need to be spending the budget wisely when it does come to loans and as as well as freebies. But yeah, you, you you're right. It would be interesting to see, but it's the same old same, isn't it, with town? That just in terms of transfer fees as well. Like um, any player we get in is on loan, or or more often than not, a free transfer. So it, you know. We're not spending yeah. any money on on getting decent players in. You know what it's like as well when players like leave. It comes under as undisclosed these days, so mm. you never know the true actual figure of what you get. And you may hear the rumours of this went for this much, but is it that really that much? Is it you know is it based on add-ons? Yeah. Um, so and those add-ons also have to be achieved before we get that money. So yeah, we're not we're not we've gone past the days of the Connor Golson and the Ryan Wood sort of money uh, really. So. You know, talks all better went for five hundred thousand. Norborn went for about what was it, six hundred? Maybe I'm yeah. wrong on that one. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe they're true figures. Um, Still plenty of money, wasn't it? Considerable six figures um, for each. I was going to say, yeah, there will be six figures for each, but then where does where does that money go? Is it being gone exactly. elsewhere? To you know, due to COVID, uh, have we had to forsake those? You know that money and put it into the club elsewhere. So mm. I don't think there's a true reflection of the, the budget. To be fair, but yeah, yeah. What you would want is you would want your um, CEO coming out, so Brian Cordwell, uh, and and talking to the fans like he used to. But for me, I I don't know what's happened in there. Um, you know, he's he's lost <laughs> in Shrewsbury somewhere. You know, I, I I just find it very bizarre. You know, he's always very focused vocal with the fans he's always coming out in the past and would communicate with the club but oh it's ridiculous like he he's just disappeared like bloody Liam Neeson couldn't find him do you know what I mean it's like it's I just don't understand 
why that stopped because I, I was talking to my mate on the way back from a game yesterday about it and you know it was almost every sort of bi-monthly wasn't it he would come out do yep. an update answer any questions that were put by the fans um about the running of a club uh but I, I don't know just in the last 12 or 18 months i don't know if that's something that the manager has decided he doesn't want certain aspects of the club or the team to be out there in the public domain i, I don't know um it's just very strange and, and we just because you get so used to the updates, when they stop, it, you, you feel very on the outside of things, don't you? Yeah, it does. It does become very frustrating because, as a town fan on the outside, you know whether you're sort of a local fan um, who wants to, you know, keep in the inn, um, or you're an exile, which you know, sometimes can be even further, you know, harder. Like myself, doesn't matter whether you're, like I say, either exile or lo- uh, local. You, you want um, the communication from your your club. You want you want that sort of community going, yeah. like it did in the past. You you, you want to feel like um, there's a bit of a relationship there. Okay, things may not be great on the pitch, you know, but at least you've got a connection with the club in other ways. And and for me, you know, I said this last week. I've said this before. I've said it time and time again that you know football. Uh, well, your, your club, sorry, is more than just 90 minutes on how it's performed on the pitch. Yes, there's a big say in how that happens and, and there's a big say in how you feel. Um, but still, you know, if you lose, you lose together. If you win, you win together, etc., etc. But for me, I just feel as though it's quite easy to go and blame Cottrell for the results that's going, uh, which I suppose in a degree, I suppose you would because he's the one that's managing the team. But yeah. and but the players are getting it as well and it's maybe not fair on the players. You know, you, you just, you know, see if there was a voice in that, you would, un, you know, you, there may be stuff that's going on that we don't know about, but, you know, I'm not saying everything should be said to the fans, but you, you need to communicate with your fans and, and make them feel like in touch with the club. And, you know, certainly since COVID, um, the, the, the fans have been out of touch. I mean, we'll, we can talk about it like we did last week, but, you know, example, the season tickets, again, a prime example uh, of how poorly run the club is and how they treat the fans um, as, you know, oh, well, you know, they're going to turn up. But give them something decent to, to, you know, give them, you know, like that season ticket, for example. It's just it's just basic stuff, isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. If you, can, if you can get the basics right, you like, and treat your fans um, by doing the basics, then, you know, you're going to really um, sort of, what's the word, alienate the fans is probably the best way to put it. And, and you know, it's it, it creates that horrible atmosphere. And, oh, you know, some fans will be like, oh, what are you moaning about, this, that, and the other. And, you know, you always see things on Twitter like about people, you know, slagging off certain people. But at the end of the day, that's their opinion. If they feel like that, that's that's the way it is, you know. And Absolutely. We don't come on here and agree on everything, do we? So it's no, uh, no, exactly, everyone's exactly. got an opinion. It's how you react to people's opinions, you know. Yeah, I mean, the guys on Salopcast, you know, some people, you know, maybe get on their back at times, but they do a cracking job. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah analyzing the game and yeah you know they're not everyone's cup of tea but that no one you know but at the end of the day that they, they well one thing i will say about them is that they um you know you can have a bit of a discussion with them most of the times to be fair yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they you know they, they go to these um parliament meetings and that so they are at the fr- yeah. front of, of, of communication and i even said to blue and amber like yeah, the fanzine page about you know just making sure that this this gets fed back because it's for exiles as well so you know they do a good job and yeah, yeah everyone doesn't agree what they say but you know i, I, I sort of echo that i know i just and... think i think some of the stuff that they get is unfair like some of the comments and most of it's positive but some of the stuff they get is quite unfair because you got to remember as well they're two shrewsbury fans who 
have you know their own life like we do and you know their own jobs i'd imagine to you know from a, on, on a monday to friday and um some of the comments are, are are unjust that i see sometimes um and you just think you know these are two fans that put their time and effort into chucking out a podcast you know um it you know and let's be honest it's, it's a lot more detailed than what we do you know um and yep. um fair play to them and um yeah good well said actually because i, I see a lot of not not just that's just an example you brought up but i see a lot of fans having to go at each other at the minute as well and it's just it's not nice yeah and, and that's the thing it's it's not just about having to go at them it's about having to go at each other and like you yeah. say no one can have an opinion without it being slated down and yeah we all probably jump on it sometimes i mean you know me and me me, me myself has uh, had a couple of disagreements with you know the blue and amber and outcast you know comments themselves but in the, the day they're all town fans like myself and you sort of agree to disagree on that you know the famous one with us was sam cosgrove last season but you know <laughs> um you know then there's going to be times where they they prove me right on uh you know stuff so it, it's not about being right and wrong it's just about respecting each other's opinions and i think everyone needs to do that really and like you say there is a bit of animosity at the minute between town fans um when it comes to opinions you put your opinion out there and you know that it's going to get backlash which it shouldn't really be it should be being able to have a bit of a discussion about it and agree to disagree, like you say, like you, you said just there, me and you never agree on everything, but no, no, um, you know, it's about being passionate and about wanting the best for the team. But I'm sure I can speak for every town fan or probably 99% of town fans that you know, communication needs to be a lot better. Um, because that's the very basics um, to a football club is, you know, you treat your fans how you want them to be treated. And, and you know, we're not getting that at the minute. And it's, forget about 90 minutes on the pitch. Forget about the result. You know, we're paying money into that club, um, you know, and yeah, we need to be entertained, but we need to also have a bit of respect. And I think there's a little bit of respect being lost there for fans. Um, yeah. Yeah, as well at times. You know, and they, they probably, especially season ticket holders, they probably treat them like I said last week, um, a bit like expect them to come every season. You know, mm. where's where's and then and then I suppose when you look at the pitch and the results and that and how things are going the last few seasons, it's like, what's the incentive to come if the results aren't yeah. there? Other other um, than loyalty, other than loyalty. Ex- okay. Exactly. Yeah. They just they just expect it. It's a bit like it. Oh well, just you know they've they've come all this time. But can you imagine if like the season ticket sales went down, you know, that that's when they would then probably act. And you would think, well, don't be like, you know, don't be reactive to the situation, be proactive, like listen to the fans and what they've got to say. Mm. And, and they need to do better than that. The, the communication at Shrewsbury isn't great at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fingers crossed with the end of a window, we'll, you know, they'll maybe do a sit down with Brian and um, clarify a few things. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the, the main talking point of communication is Brian and he's nowhere near where he used to be. And that's that's a disappointing thing. You know, as a fan myself, don't see enough of that. And you, you you do you do wonder what's going on, but everyone can have a guess. But until it comes from the mouth itself, you know, we, we don't know. So it, it, it does need to be addressed. But um, I think, I think we're, you know, obviously we'll, we'll move away from that now. And um one thing before we talk about the Bristol Rovers game itself and you know you know how things went and, and obviously your day as well. Um there was rumour well not rumours, there was a story that came out in the papers this morning um about Steve Cottrell um obviously getting um vile abuse from Bristol Rovers fans behind the dugout, which he questioned um regarding like hope you can hope you want you know wanting them to die or something. Um I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter 
yeah, he lives in Bristol himself, uh, the guy. So, you know, and after everything that he went through as well, now Shrewsbury fans obviously put football aside or any, you know, football aside and results, how it's going, whether you want Cottrell in, Cottrell out, whatever. You know, for Bristol Rovers fans to say that, I mean, every Shrewsbury fan can agree that's absolutely disgusting. Like, doesn't matter who it is, whether it was Joey Barton getting it. Now, Joey Barton gets a lot of flack. He's a very horrible personality. But even if you were to say stuff to him, you know, it's uncalled for. There's no need to be uh, saying that. But, you know, obviously our manager got it. Um, uh, absolutely disgusting. Like, and I hope Bristol Rovers um, find out the culprits and that and well, ban them because that's just not acceptable, is it? I agree. I agree. Um, I think the one thing we must say as well is pro- I'm sure it's a minority. Um, you know, uh, I actually uh, got into a bit of a Twitter engagement with a few Bristol Rovers fans last night, having a bit of banter about uh, some of our tactics, which we'll get onto. And it was all yeah. not, you know, fun and, and nice natured, but so it probably is a minority. But, um, you know, it's just embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, we went through this when we went to and An- uh, went to Anfield, didn't we? Um, yeah. And we had to, yeah. um, you know, luckily we dealt with it very swiftly, um, albeit it wasn't in the ground. It was still a, an incident regarding our fans and like I say the club acted very quickly and I was actually very proud of how they dealt with that um I just I hope that Bristol Rovers deal with it in the same way uh yeah. yes and yes he oh go on yeah no no you pointed out a couple of good bits there Rob, that you know we, we're slating the club for communication and that but we must point out how good they were with that last year so there is you know that's a positive spin on that and how we dealt with that yeah but like you say Bristol Rovers fans it, 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 we have a minority of fans so do Bristol Rovers clearly um, another club, so I don't think like there's a lot of fans coming out saying, you know, Bristol Rovers scum club, this that and the other. Oh, no, no surprise, managed by Joey Barton. You know, take that out of the picture, it's not the fans' fault that Joey Barton's a manager and not everyone doesn't like Joey Barton, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, but I don't think they should tard every Bristol Rovers fan the same brush as these minority, and that's the same with you know, if it was a, sh- a shoe on the other foot like it was last yeah. time. Who, who gives who gives a shit that he um used to manage Bristol City? Really, like, should it really matter that much? Booing when he comes out, you know, there's always that pantomime stuff when you know an ex-player comes or a manager who's from, you know, uh, I don't know, say an ex ex Telford manager comes to the meadow or something like that. But I just don't understand it. Um, I actually there's, heard a, there's it a line, well. there's a line in there, there's yeah. a line. You, well, you, you're on the radio, you well, on the radio on the way back when Stuart Dunn was interviewing him. So this was, I mean, we were in the car on the way back, so this must have been. 20 minutes to half an hour after the game had finished. And um, obviously, Dunny was was interviewing uh, Cottrell. And um, and you could still hear them. There, there was still some there and they were going, having this, having that. And you could you could tell that they then sort of blurred it out. But I definitely heard um, some abuse being sort of shouted. So these scumbags have stayed behind after the game as well, knowing that this guy's going to have to come back out and do some interviews. Just to do that, I mean, that that's even worse for me. Yeah, I know it's 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 quite sad, really, isn't it? I mean, and it's a shame because Bristol Rovers, for me, I, I, I look at them as um, a club that have done good things because of what you know Kaz and, and Lucy have done with the Her Game campaign. They've been really strong and supportive of that and obviously were the main focal point behind that. Um, so you always associate Bristol Rovers recently in recent times of how well they've done with that and, and as a you know good-natured club and they've got a good big fan base as well i don't right. think bristol rovers is any different to any other club um i just think they have that minority and, and the minority is obviously going to be bigger because the fan base is bigger um than maybe other clubs but you know i just at the end of the day it just needs to be dealt with and hopefully bristol rovers fans uh, sorry bristol rovers um you know 
can can look into that uh, through cameras uh, and you know, through the stadium and hopefully you know maybe even Cottrell himself can pinpoint these people because there was obviously I believe there was confrontation with himself but you know um not everyone gets picked up and do people do get away with it and um, but I just like to say it was it wasn't it wasn't great and hopefully um you know we, we don't see a lot of that um in other grounds because there's no need for it it's um doesn't matter what you think of um a certain individual there's banter yeah like you said on expected you're going to expect Cottrell to get some abuse of some sort but in a, a fun-natured way uh, because of him being at ex Bristol City, um, but you've got to remember the guy lives in Bristol, doesn't he? He's got family yeah. in Bristol, so yeah. you know, he, you know, it's not nice for him to have that so close to home. But um, you know, he's he's a uh, he's 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 got big shoulders, I'm sure. You know, he's 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 been around a bit, so I suppose he he may have been used to that, but still doesn't give it an excuse for. Yeah. for that do you know what though? It's probably these people who do this are the same people that probably sat on Twitter. And wish Cottrell well when we announced that he was, um, you know, really struggling with COVID because there was a big outpour, wasn't there, from all his old clubs yeah. Yeah. and um, from rival clubs. I remember Bristol Rovers, um, you know, posted uh, a comment underneath saying, "We're thinking of you, Steve," or something like that. And, and I thought, "Oh, that's nice." And and um, you'd imagine a lot of their fans would have done as well. But it's very different that mob mentality, isn't it? When you when you sat there in a group of people, sometimes, but. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully they, they get it sorted. But look, I mean, Steve's thick-skinned, but it's, it's not called for, is it? Yeah, we all know what Steve's like. But like you say, there's no there's no need for that. There's no, there's no room in, in society, let alone football, for that to happen. Um, yeah, so a bit of a disappointing end to a, a decent result. But we'll, we'll go on to a bit of a more positive spin on the game then. So um, obviously you was at the game. So uh, you, you said that to me before we came on. It was a bit of a late one. And we sort of joked saying that Shrewsbury... Um, never seem to lose away when you go on a late one. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, lastminute.com. Yeah, lastminute.com. So maybe you should do that for the home games as well. Saying that, you may not get in because of the yeah. ticket issues. Well, but... the chances are I'm going to have to go last. <laughs> well, I'm actually intending on going to Forest Green next week, but I'm in Liverpool on a Friday night. So, um, and I'm getting the first train back from Liverpool on Saturday morning. So my, I'm fully intended on going to Forest Green if I can get back in time. So um, fingers crossed that'll be a last minute trip and all, and um, we'll pick up another another result. Mate, hopefully, hopefully a win this time. I, I fancy I to beat Forest Green because I don't know. Not been very good, are they? No, they've not been that good. But you know, they're at home, obviously, so it may be yeah. different to the yeah. away. But yeah. So so yeah. So how how did it go then yesterday? Um, yeah, yeah, it was good. Like I say, it was last minute. I got up with no intention going to the game. Um, I was just a little bit. Well, first of all, it was twenty five quid for the for the ticket. So I thought traveling down there and um, and with how we'd been playing, I think that I was just quite a bit sort of demoralized by it all. And then I thought, well, it's bank holiday. Do you not know, sod it? Yeah, I'm doing it. So um, so we left at about 11 o'clock, um, got down there, got a ticket at the ground. Luckily, there was only 20 tickets left when we got there, um, which was which was lucky. Um, and um, the, the first thing I noticed was it absolutely stunk. There was there we had a tractor down by the um, away end in the corner and like two big silos. What and what can I only be, been full of cow shit? It absolutely stunk, mate. And there was a breeze as well. So this wasn't just for when we got there. For the whole game, I was breathing this in. It was disgusting, honestly. So anyone who was giving us shit after the game on Twitter, I was like, mate, your ground smells like cow cow shit. So yeah, pipe down basically. So that was the first thing I noticed. Um, 
But um, yeah, it, it was all right. I mean, the the one thing I noticed as well was that last time I went to Bristol Rovers, it was a few years ago, under Hurst, um, and we had the area behind. Have you ever been to the Memorial? No, that's one of the okay. games. I've, the grounds I've not actually been to, but I know okay. we. I know we have two different areas. Like we, yeah, Tinshed in there, or there's the yeah. We used to, the yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they used to give us like the the stand, the small stand behind the uh, the goal, which holds about four hundred, um, and then you'd have the terrace in the corner um, to the side, and. Um, they didn't give us that terrace this time. They only gave us the tickets behind the goal, which I thought was a bit crap because I'd prefer to go on the terrace. Um, but anyway, um, but we'd sold pretty much all our tickets. So because people will just arrive in and sit in where they wanted, a lot of people come in late and no one was able to sort of sit with their mates and stuff. And it got got a bit, not heated with the um, stewards, but people ended up just standing up wherever they could um, on the stairs, at the front, Um filling up rows that were already full and um it was carnage really but i just don't understand why bristol rovers didn't give us the you know the freedom of the terrace at the side because it because it could have got quite nasty in there because we were really crammed in yeah there was a bit of confusion it's interesting to say how you uh managed to get a ticket on the day because um ollie bromley went to the game and was uh put up a tweet saying uh, about his has anyone got a ticket or something for his cousin? Because uh, he couldn't get one at the ground, so there was a bit of confusion around that about match day sales. That's that right, yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, because um, they um, they sold them online during the week, um, and the usual procedure is if you don't pick them up, they'll take them down for you, um, and then they'll give they usually give you information on whether you can uh, whether it's all ticket or whether you can pay on the gate, basically. Um, so we got the down there nice and early. We got there before two o'clock just to make sure we got a ticket, and even then there was only twenty left. Um, and by the time the game had started, I saw in the corner there was a gate um, and the gate where we came in was closed. And there was a young um, young lad and his dad who clearly just hadn't got a ticket and they couldn't get in. So they were watching the game through like this gate in the corner. We can only see part of the pitch. Um, luckily, they, they ended up being let in. But I thought, yeah, it was badly run. Like We, we didn't know. Um, I, I rang Bristol Rovers and they said they, there weren't any tickets. Um, I checked online and there were some comments saying there were tickets. So we went down there on a bit of a whim, to be honest, but um, we got away with it. Right. So, so you see the terrace then, it's obviously was used last time. Was that, was that like, I take it that was empty then? There was no, it was, full of Brist- it was full of Bristol Rovers fans. Mm. Um, do, you reckon that, do you reckon that's something to do with like Joey Barton saying, having a bit of a home advantage and that and just basically... Yeah. Obviously, because you know, for me, he's probably for, they're, they're, the club probably thinking, "Oh, Shrewsbury aren't going to bring as many." Uh, they probably don't see us as a big club. They probably think, "Oh, we're not going to take that." But for me, uh, it'd be it'd have been different if it was like an Ipswich coming down, or obviously they'll get the terror. Yeah. So, I, I just think, yeah, it's a bit a bit daft, really. Well, I, I spoke to um, a Bristol Rovers fan afterwards. I actually, messaged him and said, "You know, what was the crack with the terrace?" And he said, "Oh, to be honest, it was only in, incorporated in the last year or so." Uh, because they get a lot of, um, he called them day trippers. Um, and a lot of the the other three stands generally are pretty much full of season ticket holders, bar the odd, the odd seat. Uh, apparently they sell a lot of season tickets at Bristol Rovers. Um, so they were using that as like a an overfill for, for any people who wanted to come and watch Bristol Rovers on, you know, on, on a last minute kind of thing. And that's where they, they stick them now. So, yeah, not annoying. treating, not treating, not treating you, and especially when you're paying twenty five quid for the privilege of sitting yeah. that we shed as well. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit disappointing. But that, that, there's no surprise. I mean, twenty should be plenty with football for away days, but I agree. The cost of, with it, especially with the cost of living. But um, that's another argument we could spend yeah. probably 
probably half an hour <laughs> talking yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty poor, isn't it, from from them? But I mean, in, in terms of obviously, you, you got down there. You, you, you know, obviously, you know, we got the result. But but how did the game sort of pan out then? Um, it was. I thought. I thought we we were better. We were much better. Um, obviously, we created much more chances. Um, not as many, yeah. I think was it twenty. I think we hit twenty shots in the end. Um, yeah, I was checking that, afterwards. Yeah. All right, yeah. Only sort of half of them were, uh, well, not even half of them. Probably a quarter of them were on target. But to be fair, Bristol Rovers defended extremely well, and um, probably of the other of the fifteen that we, you know, didn't hit the target, I'd say at least sort of ten of them were blocked. You know, uh, so. Yeah, we got ourselves into some good positions, um, certainly in the second half anyway, and, and it felt like if anyone was going to win the game, it would have been us. Um, yeah. But for first half, we I wouldn't say we weathered the storm, but I think they they were probably the, the better side. They had a lot more of the ball in the first, in the first half. Um, we were accused a lot after the game by uh, Bristol Rovers and, and their fans of sort of... Shit house tactics, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I found these um, these comments from Joey Barton very, very odd. What did he um, say? Because I haven't heard his comments. Well, I've not, I've not gone from me. He basically made it out as though he, he found us like all day. He basically slagged Steve Cotter off um, for someone that's been in the game X amount of years. Um, he's very surprised that players want to play for him, and that you know what, that's why he doesn't attract anyone. Um, he even talked about Luke Leahy, you know, uh, and Taylor Moore didn't realise they were midfielders. You know, would they want to not come back and play like Luke Leahy come back and play for us and play attractive football? And um, so I find it very odd how he, he's saying that, considering they yeah they had a bit more possession than us, not much more. Um, we had a lot, lot more than we we have in previous games. Yeah. So for me, I think he was maybe talking about us on previous games, but then you know we were playing uh, bigger and better teams, so we were always going to be dominated by that. I'm not saying that for a, a moment that you know that's you know we need, we still need to be a bit better, but we, we had about forty-four percent possession, I think it was uh, to their fifty-six. Um, you know we had twenty shots on goal; they had nine, two on target. We had five on target. You know, I don't understand where he's coming from. If anything, you know, I don't know if he's just doing that to deflect his own poor performance from his poor team. And let's not forget, Luke Leahy was a left back in a relegated team um, as well. So he had the chance with Luke Leahy. He obviously didn't want to stay at Bristol Rovers. He wanted to come and do better things. So nah, for me, it's just a bit of, I don't know, Joey Barton's that sort of character, isn't he? Just, he, um, he likes to try and wind up the opposition and offers mm. fans. But just for me, I just it was a bit poor. Like, you know, instead of concentrating on talking about his own team and what they, and it was a bit of a reflection more than anything. Uh, and it was very, very odd for me. Um, yeah, it's a funny one because I don't want to sit here and slag our tactics, but they, they, he had a point to an extent, like going in the way he did on Cottrell and some of the players and, that, that was a bit deep and he shouldn't really have gone like that. But a couple of our players yesterday, I mean, I, I will, you know, I will single one, one out, Bayliss. Like, every time anyone went near him, he'd go down and he wouldn't just go down to take the free kick. He'd roll around and I'm like, mate, he never t- he'd barely touched you, you know, and I don't like mm. that. If you're going to take, I don't really like it when you take the free kick when there's been minimal contact, but that's just part of the game now. But to roll around, I mean, there's seven minutes added on at the end of the first half. And barely any of that was for Udo's injury. He he walked off. Most of it was for um, when two or three times when Shipley went down, 
Um, one, uh, sorry, when Bayliss went down, and one when Shipley went down with um, what looked like an elbow, and that did look look like a, a genuine. Um, I seen, I seen that. He said, yeah. seen that because he, he went in for the ball to like flick it with his hand, and he just went in with the elbow. Now for me. Yeah. That's a red card. Um, yeah, agree. Long, and no, I'm I'm actually surprised at that. But yeah, um, I, for me, yeah, Joe Button may have a point, but I mean, it's it's you know it's after the match. It's quite understand the He went yeah. into very much. He went into very big detail, um, rather than just sort of you know it was, it was a bit strange for me. But I don't think it's going to affect the. Show. I don't know what his idea was. Um, maybe do say that before the game, but it was it was after the game. It's not really going to affect yeah. us in any way um if anything it's we're just going to laugh at him because we all yeah. know what he's like and it, it's not really wound us up but it was still interesting to talk about it i mean yeah there is a point of we have been very boring and maybe there has been a lot of talk about you know how boring it has been on the cultural and all this cultural ball or whatever it's called uh but we had the same on the records didn't we? we had the same sort of thing and let's be honest we've not been massive goal scorers in in probably since Mickey Mellon was in League Two when we, we obviously came second and scored a load. But even under Hurst, we were never big goal scorers. We just we just knew when we, we just knew how to score first and keep a lead. Whereas yeah. Yeah. whereas I'd say here we've been great defensively, but we just we just seem to be we, we need to show a bit more penetration in the final third. We need to show a bit more creativity, a bit more um sort of Bit more pace as well. We need a bit more pace in the fact we too seem to be too static at times. Mm. Um, uh, we do need to try and have something different about us. And like I say, until O'Brien comes back, he may offer something different, but we can't rely on just that one person. Um, but it was good to see Bowman come on and obviously get an equalizer yesterday. That'll do his um confidence the world of good. Um, because we're not firing on all cylinders at the moment. And, um, you know, up until then, I don't think any of our strikers had scored, apart from, I think, Udo in the cup. But obviously in league, you know, we, you know we've had defenders uh, and midfielders scoring. So, and that's, I think, very, well, that was only our third strike, was it? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Bowman coming on and scoring, that'll do him the world of good. Because a lot of people, including yourself, have said that he's, he's a workhorse, but he's not the... Striker, we need, but well, isn't know. it? Um, isn't it? I thought it was quite damning that when Udo, I mean, we don't, we didn't cover the Udo injury, which we'll probably do in a minute, but um, he brought Pike on, he brought Pike on and put him up front before Bowman. So I think even, um, I mean, I know Bowman played the full 90 in the week, perhaps that was part of it, uh, but I don't know, I just I don't feel he truly fancies Bowman at the minute. Um, I don't know. I might be wrong, but um, well, if, yeah. Bo- if Bowman can only put the ball in and that um, when he comes on, so if he starts on the bench again in the next game and then comes on and scores again, you know, he can only you know, at the end of the day we just want our strikers to score goals, whether they're scrappy yeah. ones or whatever. So if he keeps scoring, there's only a matter of time before he gets a start, and obviously with Udo. So, so obviously you mentioned Udo. So, what actually happened with the Udo situation there yesterday? Well, Udo picked the ball up on the left, um, sort of with his back to goal, but just inside the penalty area. And um, he, I don't even think the defender uh, really touched him. I think it was just one of them where I think Cottrell said he was twisting and turning the defender. Um, and then you could just see it kind of, he kind of jolted. Um, and then the ball went out. Udo's gone down, um, holding the side of his knee. Um, Oh, it doesn't look good because he looked in real pain. And it's always those ones where when it's not been a bad tackle or anything like that and they go down in agony, you do worry because it's quite innocuous and you think, oh, has he landed or has he turned in a in a nasty way? Um, 
And to be fair, he, he, he walked off. He was sort of like, no, 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 don't take me off. Came back on. And, and then just a couple of minutes later, it was just like, no, this ain't happening. And he just sat back down. He was in agony again um, and walked off so slowly. And um, from what, I don't know if you've seen Cottrell's interview, but he he seems very worried that it's going to be some sort of ligament damage, which in that case, get your checkbook out because um, he's going to be out for a while and, and we need someone up there because Bowman isn't, I know he scored at the weekend, but he hasn't been doing it consistently. We've got Pike, who was out on loan last season. O'Brien's injured for however long. I just think he needs to, dependent on what happens with Udo, may force our hand in the next couple of days. Yeah, maybe it'll give Tom Bloxham or Caton the chance to shine, uh, especially Bloxham, but we still need the the striker uh, regardless of that. But yeah, maybe maybe it's time to maybe pull the checkbook out for Stockton. Um, um, whether you want to come here or not but we, we certainly need a uh, checkbook pulled out if that is the case that does sound really bad and I didn't realise it was serious as that so yeah that is that is worrying news especially when Udo was our top goal scorer with uh, 16 goals last year yeah um, yeah yeah okay he's not scored yet but you know you'd expect Udo at some point in the season to get on a sort of run and score goals like he did and um, not even that just for me it's not even Udo's goals it's his press the press he does mm. you know up front and uh, and the way he can get the ball on the halfway line and, and run at defenders and bring others into play so it's not just about his presence of goal threat it's his uh, overall attacking presence and what he does in the final third so and we're, we're not exactly firing on all cylinders and, and doing great at the minute so yeah that is a that is a big concern i know i know and it just goes back to the point earlier that you said that you know, if we, I think we said last last week as well that if we lose anyone from our spine, whether it be Morosi, Pennington, Flanagan, Leahy, Udo, we've got a problem because of the depth of the squad, and it's it's worrying that we'd have to be so reliant on Caton or Bloxham. Do you know what I mean? Um, because you know Caton, he's not been used very much, so I don't think he's quite ready for the league football unless he's forced into playing him. Um, Bloxham's flitted in and out, so. Yeah, it, it, it is a worry, mate. Um, but uh, on a more positive note, though, Bowman got his goal. Um, hopefully that will help him, you know, going forward. Hopefully he can get fit as well, because I don't think him or Rudo had been 100% since the start of this uh, season, really, have they? No. Uh, what it's what, it, what it's safe to say is we'll always have 11 players out there, but whether it'll be yeah. <laughs> a couple of strikers or uh, or not. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the transfer window. Maybe Udo's injury will force um, the hierarchy uh, up above at town to realise that they don't want to be in the shit. Mm. So if Did it you see bit, Bowman's chance? No, I've actually not, because I've been so busy, I've not actually watched the highlights oh, of the game back. Oh, but... it was so annoying. Look, like, it was it was only a couple of minutes to go, and um, I think one of the lads at the back played a long ball over. Bowman had made a run over the top. Sorry, um, through, you know, in, on, off the shoulder, and a uh, ball had got played over the top, and it just bounced lovely for him in the middle, like, in, in between the goalkeeper and, and himself. The goalkeeper had committed... All he had to do was take a touch and roll it past him or dink it over him. And this was on like 88, 89 minutes. And he just hit it so slowly and he just hit it straight at the goalkeeper. It was, I just thought if we had a predatory, you know, a predatory striker, you just, you just bury that. And that, it didn't surprise me, unfortunately. And so, so, it was so, so annoying. You saw, so you sort of saw the good and bad of Bowman there. Probably the, yeah. the Bowman of, 
when he was confident and scoring goals and then the one of when he wasn't doing so well and missing a chance. I suppose that's a that's a thing with Bowman. When he he's hasn't got quite... time to think about it, like the first one, he's good. He's good. But when he has got time to think about it, um and you know, he's and he's got one or two or three options, that's when I, I find he struggles. Um oh, honestly it was so frustrating and I I can't even I won't repeat what I said when he did it. Um because I, I thought I thought that was it. I thought we'd got the three points, and it would look so. It annoys me now thinking about it. It's moments like that, though, especially when you reflect on the game so far this season. That we've got six points out of what? How many games we've played now? So eighteen. So it's not a, a great return, but we've only lost two of those, and the only real game that we really probably deserve to lose is the. The Ipswich game, yeah. obviously the Ipswich game, you know, Atkinson, we should have got at least a point. Morecambe, we should have won. So, you know, but it's, all, it's all well and good talking. We should have done this, we should have done that. But we don't really want to be talking about that come 10, 20 games into the season. We need to really be punishing teams and that. But hopefully yeah. over the course of the season, you know, things get better and, and we do learn to take these chances. But we, we've been here before, haven't we? But what I will say is up until yesterday's game yeah we'd taken no points out of five um and not even scored so you know yeah yeah, okay we won the sixth game and that drew but you know we're still three points better off than yeah last season but we're still in a similar position you know Mm -hmm. right down near the bottom but what i will say is that if you win that one game i mean you know we're still early in the season so there's no point looking at tables i suppose but some people are looking at tables and um, but if you win that game at Forest Green, that's you on nine points. You're something like an eighth place. So, you mm-hmm. know, that's why really it, this is a good time to get on a good run of results. So if you can beat Forest Green away, win your home games and whatever, and go and have a good month in September, you, you can really put yourself at the table and, and, you know, not put pressure on yourself. But yeah. if you start losing a couple of them, that's when the pressure kicks in and yeah. you'll really start struggling. So you do really need to sort of hopefully, um, you know, we do need to we need to turn it around and get the results fast because we don't want to fall fall into that trap of, of you know putting pressure on so yeah. on ourselves. So one thing was, I would say is, um, uh, and this, I mean, I know I sort of backed Barton in, in, to an extent on some of our tactics, but do you know who the man of the match was yesterday? Um, I don't know, but go on, and who was it? It was their goalkeeper. So we can't have been we can't have been that shit. <laughs> if, uh, Joe, 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 Barton, uh, Joe, Joe Barton should maybe have a look at that. Maybe have a look back at the the, the highlights. I mean, he hit the target twice, and one of them was a goal. He was great, so, by the way. Their goalkeeper, he made some brilliant saves. Um, ones were you know right down low in the corner where you think it's in as well. But um, they, they, shout, they called it out on the tannoy and put his his big face on the uh, on the big screen as well. I'm sure if Barton had looked to his left, he'd have seen that and. Um, Realise what a great team we are. <laughs> well, you know, that's, uh, I mean, it's just Jerry Barton, a typical Jerry Barton, just trying to wind up uh, the opposition. But I suppose what he, he, he just, it was a bit strange if you ask me. It was just... He was just trying to deflect it from his own, his own team's um, performance, I think. No, oh, definitely. No, definitely. Um, yeah, so, and then, so, so you said it was a bit of a long day for you then. So obviously it was a bit of a last minute thing. So, um, Obviously, what time did you get back last night? Um, not not too bad. About half seven. Stopped off oh, for right. some co- coffee on the way back, but for a last minute trip, um, yeah, eight nine hours 
out of the house is a yeah, it's a long day, isn't it? So, well, like you said, at least it's bank holiday, and you uh, you get that extra day, so I suppose to uh, to recover and reflect on the, the yeah, game. yeah, I'm good, I'm good, and and and, and that's the that's a great thing. We're in a great positive mood. I mean, last week must have been hard after that three 0 defeat. Mm. Uh, obviously, well, we've not even talked about it, but the cup defeat, obviously against Burnley, but uh, you know, Burnley for me. Um, you know, we lost one nil. We've got, you know, possession-wise, we, they were non-existent. But you know, we 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 had a few shots on goal again. And um, for me, Burnley, I think we, you know, it's disappointing. We've talked. We do need to try and get a bit more foothold on the game because don't get me wrong. It's all well and good saying yeah, low possession against these teams and that. But there is other teams in the past that we've we've beaten. You know had good possession and, and we we need to try and excite the fans a bit more so yeah i think i think there is a point to be made there where we do need to try and um get a bit more of a foothold on games try and take to the opposition not settle for just second best really because that's sometimes what the fans probably feel that you know we're just settling for whatever you know rather than just going for the game especially in these home games you know against derby and ipswich and burnley and i know you can't rattle out for 90 minutes full energy attack but it's got to be a game plan for when we do lose possession um you know or, or we don't have it you know we, we need to tweak it off a wee bit and it just seems to be the same old pattern at the moment and i think that's a frustrating thing mm. but then but then on the flip side of that what can you do with it when the squad depth's the way it is yes that's a fault of you know people above but in that current situation with the games that we've got at the minute the squad depth is at it as what it is so there isn't really much flexibility to do that so you know there's two arguments to that isn't there um mate i'm genuinely not asked we're out and that sounds terrible i know we yeah, each have yeah. our own everyone loves a cup run and um it's, i feel a bit different about the fa cup at weekends because you don't sacrifice for league games for it um but i just think while the squad is stretched to the extent it is we've already got the um the pizza cup that we've got to play in as well um you know, and again, albeit he'll play a young side, we haven't got that many youngsters that can field a, a team. We're still going to have to put a lot of our first team lads out. Um, and you're seeing that. You're seeing the fact that Udo's not fully fit. Him and Bowman are on rotation at the minute. You know, Udo was meant to play 90 yesterday. Bowman played 90 in a week against Burnley. And um, yeah, it's kind of, it's almost like the players are running shifts, you know, one on, one off. And, uh, and, and, I, and I feel that not having that League Cup distraction... I think it will help us, and um, again, I might get slated for that opinion, but I, I'm, I'm not genuinely I, I, not, not asked. We're out. I think. I think. Um, no, I think. Yeah, you know, if we had a bigger squad, um, you could maybe appreciate maybe wanting to do better. But like you say, the league's the bread and butter at the minute, and when we haven't got the squad where it needs to be, I suppose you. Yeah, it's not that you don't want to. You don't want to lose, but no. like you say, I, I'm the same. I'm a bit like, oh well. You know, at least we haven't got an extra game there to really sort of push that squad um, to its limits, and uh, when you know when we can't afford to really. So yeah, yeah, so yeah, it does it does give us a bit of breathing space, a bit uh, you know for people to refresh themselves and that. But like you say, yeah, the, the, the cup games. You know what this uh, the, the 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 what do you call it? the pizza cup, the Papa John's cup. Yeah, um, I'd like us to do all right, but not at the minute. I, I'm not I'm not one of these fans that you know I, I quite don't mind it. Um, it's, it's a chance to win something, but I can understand why people. I mean, don't get me wrong; it shouldn't have introduced the B teams, and that, and that's ruined the cup, I suppose, in a way. But 
but you never seem to see any of them win it. It's always no. the uh, league teams that win it. Anyway, so I'd always like us to do well in that. But again, with the squad the way it is. Uh, well, Cottrell said, didn't he, yesterday, he said, um, just to let you know, it's going to be just an opportunity to play the young lads. Um, a couple of the lads from a youth team, um, some of the ones who've been in and around the uh, the first team. So I would imagine five, six of the lads who start on Tuesday against the Wolves under-21s will be extremely young but I don't think Cottrell particularly cares it's his it's a way of uh, giving these lads a chance because otherwise he's not gonna he's not gonna be sticking Charlie Caton on or you know any of the other young lads Barlow for instance they're not going to start league games are they so it's it's a good opportunity it's a good opportunity for them to shine and if they do well and handle the game and the pressure um, against decent you know opponents still and decent players um, then they may get a look in the squad like the likes of Barlow and, and Cage and um, Caton. And it's not just that. If they're getting the game time, they're getting the confidence, um, they're getting the fitness, you know, playing. And if they are called upon the first team, then they're, they're ready. So it would be, be good for them personally to do well and go as far as they can. Just mm. more games for them means the 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 you know, the, the, a better chance of when they, they maybe come on as an impact sub or, or have to start because of an injury or a ban. Um, so it's always good to have them fit up and ready um, as well. So there's two ways of looking at that cup competition for people that don't like it and people that obviously like it as well. So, you know, it's a win-win in my eyes with that one. But like you say, it does give an opportunity for the younger ones. And there's no point starting like Morosi or Luke Leahy. Um in those games, you know, two key players, I would say, at the moment in our team. Um, yeah, yeah. Because we can fill that in with Burgoyne or Bevan, and obviously Barlow in the middle can play as well. So, yeah, definitely, that, you know, that's um, something that I, I agree with with Cottrell. And, and you never know, we might have more possession, <laughs> more goals, and more wins. I don't know. I don't know, because it could end, <laughs> end up being... Uh... Shrewsbury's under twenty threes against Wolves is under twenty threes or under twenty ones, however it's called. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, be good. And you know what, the academy does all right. Like you know, we have got good players coming through. We just need Cottrell to maybe trust them a bit more, and you know, maybe even blocks and we'll get a run out as well um, in preparation for the league campaign if Udo is out. So talking of same... uh, talking of academy, um, I'm not not sure if I'm right in thinking this, but. Is Connor Goldson the first ever outfield Shrewsbury graduate to get get into the Champions League? Yes, Rangers. Uh, well, well, not that, not that you want to talk about them, but you know. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Well, it'll be it'll be Joe Hart, won't it? With Man no, what? No, I said outfield. I said sorry. Oh, outfield. Yes. Um, I don't think any, like... we have. I don't think we have, have we? Yeah, no. I mean, to be fair, prefer play to Rangers. You know, they 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 they'll fare better in Europe against um, anyone in Celtic. Um, they've got that better European experience, and you know they've got a decent manager. Was saying that got Liverpool as well, didn't they? All right. So, so moving away from Shrewsbury now, I'm talking to Kelly. I mean, see, was it was it not last week? Two weeks ago, I was raging after oh. that Celtic game. I was I was literally not wanting to do this. And uh, that 5 0 pumping, but then I seen that Celtic beat Dundee United 9 0, and I, I felt oh, I felt so much better. I was like, you know, that you know, if it, we'll, we'll take a 5 0 if they're going to be hammering teams 9 0, but it's absolutely like embarrassing. Like, I mean, they scored 21 goals in five games, five out of five, conceded one, 
I mean, you know, they're, they're absolutely pissing the league already. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously Rangers are hammering teams 4-0, 5-0. So, yeah, I mean, it's a usual in this Premier League. But for a Kilmarnock fan yesterday, as we talk about comebacks, you know, obviously Shrewsbury came back for a draw late on. You know, Good times. Uh, yeah, great times. We were 1-0 down against Dundee United on the first game, Drew, in the last minute. And yet again, Ash Taylor, who scored that goal, came to the rescue with a winner in the 77th minute. Danny Armstrong got the equaliser on the 71st minute, got his first start um, and his first Premier League goal uh, as well. So well done to Danny Armstrong, who I gave his man the match. He was fantastic, really got in and about the team, the sort of winger or forward player that I would like to see at Shrewsbury. You know, just direct, gets in their faces, gets running at the players and yeah it was brilliant it was a fantastic game yesterday motherwell were probably average that they, they 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 were probably had i wouldn't say they shaded the first half i'd say if anything we shaded we were probably the better of the first half as well but uh we weren't very clinical we had the crossbar um steve gerrard gave us um our left back on loan krizen um very good player at 18 he was apparently um this all obviously been a liverpool fan he was invited by jorgen klopp um as vip uh to the champions league final um uh-huh. because uh, liverpool were wanting to obviously sign him um and i think frank lampard when he was at chelsea wanted to sign him and he made his debut at exeter when he was 15 played one game and then villa paid one and a half million for him and now we've got him on loan and what a player he is absolutely superb hit the crossbar um in the first half and he looks an absolute player on the left wing back position so Class. a player that Shrewsbury a sort of position I should say that Shrewsbury are looking to get uh, covered he would have been a fantastic signing for us uh, at Shrewsbury but we've got him at Kilmarnock and uh, yeah he, he looks a promising player and uh, he's been in around the first team with Steven Gerrard as well he's been training been on pre-season um, and he's just turned 18 so he's a, he's a very good player and uh, he was in my top three yesterday um top three performers but yeah it was it was brilliant i mean you know it just looked like we were going to score though motherwell got in early through ball down the middle we were slow to react their player nipped in scored um they had a couple of half chances but then like i say we hit the crossbar had shots blocked and it, it just looked like it wasn't gonna be our day then even in the second half ollie shaw missed an absolute sitter lafferty just wasn't at the races either snatching at chances in the first half but then we got our goal, we pressed and pressed, and um, obviously our Derek McInnes brought on the subs, and that really did change the game. A bit like Steve Cottrell at Wickham when the subs were made, and that changed the game, and obviously we won in that. Or yeah. exact same happened in this one. You know, So we brought an extra winger on, um, took our strikers off, um, and I think Inns Cameron came on. But yeah, the, the impact was, was straight away. Rory McKenzie came on, he was surprisingly dropped. And yeah, we, we, we got in their face and just carried on attacking. And I think by the end of the game, we had 20 shots on goal, six on target. Similar uh, to time. Yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, yeah more possession. Um, they had something like, I think it was like eight shots on goal, two on target. So we absolutely battered them like in the second half, especially. And to be honest, it, it should have been and, and it should have been more, you know, two one sounds like a close game but you know if we'd won three or four one um there, there would have been no like sort of you know 
know, <laughs> you couldn't, Motherwell fans couldn't have said that that wasn't deserved, you know. So, thoroughly deserved win, enjoyed the game. Um, my wife won tickets on the Sky VIP, so she uh, is a lucky omen. She wore a sh- one of my shirts as well. She won um, what, sorry? She wore one, she wore, she won like VIP tickets on Sky, you know, like Sky, if you, yeah, you, you can. You know, you get the, you can register for like free tickets or for any sort of stuff. Where there was tickets going for the Kilmarnock game, and she won that. Oh, was it? So you went VIP yesterday? No, no, sorry, the through the VIP Sky thing. Oh, like, sorry, I misunderstood. No, 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 no. We are actually planning on doing that, but no. So she she won them like, and uh, yeah, I said last week you've got to come to every game now. That's yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you've got to come to every game. So. Yeah, so um, um, and her, her cousin came as well. So it was a good, it was a good sort of family day out. And to make things even better, um, the sun was shining, the fan zone was back in uh, amongst uh, Kilmarnock. The community spirit was fantastic. We also had um, the uh, what you call the food bank, and that was out there. Yeah. So there was under there was over five hundred donations picked up for the food bank, which was fantastic. Wow. So a big shout out to the Kilmarnock community there and also to the opposition, uh, to the Motherwell um, community there who contributed to that. Just goes to show uh, that, you know, football rivalries aside, that you can all come together in in hard times and do something fantastic. So well done to both. Really, really pleasing uh, to see that happening, and uh, put, it'll put a lot of smiles onto people's faces. You know, we take for granted, I suppose, stuff like that. Um, we do out there that, that don't have that, so um, you know, it's nice to give something back to uh, to people um, that you know need it. Um, and not just that. A uh, big shout out to Kathy who came over to see me, Kathy Jameson. Uh, she was in amongst the uh, Moffat stand yesterday. Um, she came over to chat to me, introduced her to my wife and uh, her cousin, and she had a good chat with us, telling us what uh, you know things were improving at Kilmarnock in terms of match day and for the, the kids and, and the fan zone. Uh, introducing um, school tickets for free school tickets, so it's like two hundred free tickets each game. Uh, the kids have a kickabout as well, so it's fantastic to see that the Moffat stand was full of kids uh, because kids are the future. Um, and this is what I say to you, like um, Rob, that you know we talk about football club as a community. We talk about the communication with fans. We talk about you know results on the pitch and yeah, ninety minutes. It's not always um, you know pretty. <laughs> Most of the time it isn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you've got that match day experience if you've got that feel good factor of feeling community you know the communication and you know the, the community pulling together um you're sort of halfway there aren't you yeah and i think i think luckily shrewsbury do have that like we have got the shrewsbury town in the community obviously initiative um when you get i mean i always get to the the ground at about two o'clock on a on a saturday and there's always yep. a, a little tournament that's been played um, between local schools at uh on the on the new facility, the training facility they've got, and um, you know those those kids, those boys and girls who've played on that, they all get their medals, and then at half time they do a lap of honour and get get cheered. So it it is imp- really really important, especially in the in the day and era where probably up you know north of the border everyone supports or majority source your Celtic or Rangers, and down and here it's oh do you support United? Do you support Liverpool? Yeah. You know the, these these other clubs. Uh, I know Kilmarnock are a Premiership club, but you know I'm you know I'm getting that. Um, no, 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 you know, totally, the, you're totally, you're not, you're totally, 
you're not far from the truth from that at all. But these more lo- the, the local clubs uh, is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. They are the future, and these kids for a quid or free with an adult, yeah, that is the future, mate. Sorry, yeah, yeah, crack on. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's true. I mean, I have my season ticket, obviously, pay a full adult price. Um, but my, my daughter, like, you know, she hers is like 40 quid. You know, what's 40 quid? You know, it's, it's not much, really. And, that doesn't even get you into a Premier League game. Exactly. So, and and kids kids would rather go to X amount of games or maybe one game, uh, and and get the experience. You know what? When she's at Killy or if she's down with a Shrewsbury game with me, she's getting it the hard way in terms of on the pitch. <laughs> so it's a good. It's um. It's good to build them up young. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you know they don't want to see wins every week. Well, they would like to see wins every week. But what I mean is, you know, they're, they're going to see the, the good and the bad on the pitch. But, um. What 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 she does get to see every week consistently is is how great the club are in terms of the community spirit, um, and like you say, they do have that at Shrewsbury. Um, obviously, the community, lack of communication up above isn't great, but um, let's not beat around the bush. Shrewsbury do great things as well, um, yeah. and they always they always have done, especially since Mickey Mellon came in. He sort of was a big part of that, I would say, in getting the community back, and he was always in amongst the community. Something I really liked about Mallon. Yeah. Um, very approachable. You could talk to him, have a laugh with him. Wasn't just a football manager. He was also a person who had a bit of a personality about him. And yeah, you do need people like that at your football club. And, and Kathy's great because she's obviously one of the directors. Um, but she's an actual Kilmarnock fan. She, you know, she say never to want us to do well, but that she's a proper football fan. Like so, um, you know, she's a big member on the Killy Trust as well. Um, she's very approachable. You can speak to her and it was great that she came up to me and noticed me and, you know, from previous conversations we've had and was able to just have a chat and it was great and she was just telling us what things that was happening and it was great to see and you could see it happening and, um, you know, long may that continue. Yeah, um, mate, you should, get, you should get her on here, get her on here for a chat. Yeah, well, I've had her on before last year. Uh, oh, okay. One of my first ones when I did it with yeah. Daz and she was great. Yeah. But yeah, no, I will, um, in actual fact, I might see if she wants to in the near future just to talk about the new initiatives that's been going down at Kilmarnock because it is something that's great. I mean, even the other stuff, you know, we talked about the refugee um, stuff that they do on the Monday that they do to support the kids in the community. That's great. They also do the walk in football uh, and, uh, as well uh, and also do the... Uh, the fitness the, as well, the way to, what's it called? Uh, I think it's a way to go, but they're basically, it's it's about nutritional guides and how to keep fit and they get a chance to play on the pitch and have a game. Yeah. Players as well. So it's, it's great. There's a lot of good stuff going on. It's not just about, yeah, turning up on a Saturday and watching 90 minutes of football. It's it's more than that at Kilmarnock and, and I'm, you know, a, a seven days a week. And, and it's something I really do love. And, for all the bad things that happen on the pitch and the results and how annoying it is, you know, when you look on reflection, you, 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 you know, I'm quite proud of supporting a club like Kilmarnock and putting my money into them. Um, yeah, really so you should do, be. Yeah, really do enjoy it. And the thing I was going to ask you about um, uh, was uh, was Jones. What's happening with him? Because I know he, he sort of disappeared after he signed from Rangers, didn't he? Yeah, well, the, the thing is, he's, um, he's actually two weeks away from uh, training. Uh, you know, he, had, he he was meant to be coming back. There was, there's rumours and that going around, but 
uh, we, we disagree. <laughs> we ignore rumors. Let, let's put it mm. this way: the rumors are worth flying around, uh, which I'm not going to repeat on here because they're just rumors. Um, mm. But what, what I will say is, if they had been happening, he wouldn't be at the club watching. From oh, from a disciplinary but, point of view, yeah, he would. Oh, okay. He would be back. He would be back at Wigan. So let's just uh, quash those rumors. I think and. Uh, yeah. I think someone got a bit excited because some people don't like him because of the way yeah. he left. And then probably people will find him. an agenda, won't they? Yeah, I think let's put it this way. You know, McInnes has come out and said that Zach Emin, our main goalkeeper, and um, uh, Jordan Jones will be back within a couple of weeks. So, you, you know, that's that's good to see that you know they are going to be in contention before the end of the month. And let's yeah. face it. We've got our first win that's going to give us a confidence now we've got that out of the way we've got the monkey off our back we were always going to have a tough start to the season with rangers and celtic uh, squashed in between yeah. let's not mention we got absolutely robbed last week at ross county now we talked about it on the show last week you hadn't seen the red cards i sent you the video what do you think of them since you've seen them well but the thing was they weren't were they or was it no, that's what they, they weren't red cards yeah yeah you, yeah, yeah. But I, the, thought, but they, I thought they were but, both bad. The second one was horrific. Like, yeah. like they were just oh, I just I don't I don't know what some referees see. Like, <laughs> I mean, you could be you could be at the top of a crane at the side of the stand outside the stadium, and you would have seen that that was vile. Yeah, was, you know, it was it was, it was there was no intent. There was no intent to go for the ball. It was like um, it was like something from the eighties. You know, like the like the Sooness challenges that you see on YouTube, <laughs> yeah. but um, that that were unpunished, and it was kind of oh, well, dust yourself off, lad, go on, off you go. It's a it's a contact yeah. sport. Come on. And you know what the worst thing about it is? They get they get they get punished. They get a two match ban or whatever, um, and get reprimanded by the FA. Um, but what's the, what good is that to come on it? Like, and I'm not well, saying for a gone, minute. I'm not, I'm not saying for a minute we'd have won the game, um, because obviously the pattern of play may have may have changed. But that the the first one would have been in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. The second one was still in the first half. So we would have been playing at least 45 minutes with two man advantage. Yeah. Um, and you know I'm not saying we'd have won, but <laughs> there's a high chance we would have done. And yeah. it's the same with Rangers at Hibs. Rangers uh, had their red card rescinded to a yellow, um, and they were down to nine men in that game. But at that time, they were winning two-one, um, and didn't have, and they had eleven men. So the complexion of the, how that game has changed since that red card, you know, they may have not had that second red, you know, as yeah. well. Well, I actually watched because um, I got to the ground early last week, and um, I sat with my mate Paul and. Um, he had the Rangers game on on his phone, and um, the the second when was the second red card in that game was was well, it, was it oh, it was Morales. To be fair, that was a red, but you see the second, the first one, like where he like clipped him, it was just a professional foul, like in his own yeah. half. And that's you do that, you see that happen. I mean, Alan Power did that yesterday late on because obviously we were winning and the play was breaking away, so he was taking one for the team, and that's what he was doing. He was just clipping the player, like, and it, it was a it was a yellow. And obviously yeah. got rescinded to yeah, but, but the game changed, didn't it? Like oh, it just exactly, completely yeah. changed, and all of a sudden, um, it looked like Celtic were playing in green and white, not Hibs. You know the way they were putting pressure on Rangers. It was, uh, and then that's yeah, the thing. It, it, and that's the thing. Refer- referee just changed the game in both those games, and I mean, even yesterday, Rangers. <laughs> funnily enough, the two teams, um, so Ross County should have had two reds, and then Rangers. Who shouldn't have Did had a get, red. Yeah, yeah. So then they played. Rangers played Ross County yesterday, and at nil nil after fifteen minutes, Rangers should have had a blatant red card 
he pulled him down last man. He was already on a yellow. He actually dragged him down. It was it was clear as daylight. And and he, he didn't get it wasn't even a foul, let alone a yellow. <laughs> like a second yellow. That's what I was like. Like the um like the Flanagan one last week. Oh, it was do you remember do you remember when um I well there you go. Flanagan, we got we got the game cost against us against Arkansas because of the Flanagan situation. There you go. Again, poor refereeing. When when is this gonna happen? But do you do you remember when um Oh, was it Dave Winfield? Like rugby tackled someone. Yeah, in the area. It was yeah. literally like that. He literally rugby tackled them, like on the. What do they see? What do they uh, see? I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm baffled. Like, see when you see it on the telly and they're talking about bringing up VAR up here, and I'm like, ah, see if they kind of see that on the naked eye. Like, then... it has to. It has to because that is. Um, I know it get in the Premier League, like down here, it's getting a bit silly, but it's not really depicting clear and obvious that was always the, the term they used clear and obvious whereas they were having to get stick lines up people's armpits to make sure that someone's but, but armpit hair is, wasn't offside it's, it's, not, it's not it's not even offside so to be fair i, I couldn't give a toss about offsides because i've never really moaned about a decision that's been offside i think it should just be simply brought in for goal line technology so to so, you know, for for clear goal line opportunities, um, penalty instances, and then for for like fouls which which look like possible red cards or dangerous play or yeah. last man. That's what I forget about offsides and that. Unless it's you know, because I mean, to be fair, I don't know. Maybe I just think that it should keep it simple. But the, the the all the decisions that we've talked about are all about fouls and last man's and, and red cards, which you know, which is the main thing that. And if you, it's just it's just ludicrous as to how that is you know those decisions this and they've all I mean. they all change the games because ross county were drawing no um, come on at fans will laugh at ross county and because we we they should have had two last week so but as a neutral if you look at that ross county were nil nil after 15 minutes away at ibrox they could have had a man advantage and i'm not saying they'll go and win but they could have got a draw you yeah, never know they could have got a win but they may have only lost one nil the goal difference mean they got four nil defeat you know that that goal difference could come in you know to Whatever way you look at it, that that cost them, um, and it could have cost. It's obviously cost us because we could have had that man advantage, two man advantage. Um, it's obviously cost Rangers. They conceded in ninety third minute. All these factored in um, have implications straight away. Um, and I'm you know for, I'm not saying the result would have changed, but it, it is a big possibility it could have done. And, yeah, and acro- uh, across the season, VAR will at times help Kilmarnock, it will hinder Kilmarnock, you know, that's just how it works. But I, th- um, I think it's wrong though to bring VAR halfway through the season because it's a disadvantage oh, yeah. to teams like ourselves or Rangers or whoever that could have had decisions helped by VAR earlier on the season. So it's a disadvantage to bring that in. And even Hang on, is that bring... what they're doing? Is that what yeah. they're doing? I... Oh, I didn't realise that. I thought they were waiting until next season. No, no. They're going to bring it in halfway through the season and then there's... Um, the thing is, see, when they do bring it in halfway through the season, they've got to make sure that every single team has played equal amount of games because sometimes you'll get games called off for Europe or cup games and that. So see, when they bring that in, they've got to make sure that that's brought in at the same time. That's because mad. Imagine if like Celtic have played a game more, then they've got then Rangers have got a bigger advantage over Celtic, for example, in a title race. Or if we played more than someone else and we're in a relegation race, for example, then yeah, so they, they need to make sure. But I don't think they should even bring it in until next season because I agree. Bring it, I agree. Next season, so have they so, got um have they got goal line technology there? <laughs> Uh, they've not even got professional referees in the uh, <laughs> <laughs> let alone that so that's a no it's a bit of a it's a bit I know it's, it's pretty poor isn't it like you know when you look at it um, 
it's it's not great. But uh, yeah, enough talking about referees because um, you know. But but I will say going back, absolutely fantastic comeback from Kilmarnock yesterday. Yeah, Ash yeah. Taylor top goal scored two goals. Transfer window coming up. McInnes needs to get a striker in desperately. Uh, Shaw and Lafferty, as many Kelly fans have approved, will not be able to play themselves together. Um, but hopefully, when the Jordan Jones comes back, we'll maybe be looking a bit better. We just, again, look a bit static at times. But yesterday, very good. Polworth, who's been slated a lot, had a cracking game. Easily up there with Armstrong for man the match. He shaded it. Uh, for me, Armstrong did. But a lot of people on my pod, uh, on my page have given Polworth uh, man the match. Uh, I think BBC gave Armstrong man the match. You can see there's, you know, um, you know, quite a, you know, them two were the sort of standout players in that game. And, and Ash Taylor didn't have one of his better games in the first half defensively, but what he, you know, what he'd made up for and, you know, what he did wrong in the first half, he certainly made up for in the second half and a fantastic head at the back post. Um, you know, and you can always rely on good Ash Taylor there to, to nod, a, you know, a decent goal or two. I think since he's signed for us, that's now six goals he scored since January. That's for a centre back. So that's very good, very good. Score he scores in big games as well. So he got us the point in the last minute against Dundee United. Got us a winner yesterday. Got us the equaliser in the famous two-one win against Arbroath when we came from behind as well. Yeah. Um, so apart from the Celtic, because the last seven league games we won under McInnes at home in the league. Then we played Dundee United and Drew. Apart from Celtic, where we got hammered, obviously we won yesterday. So that's eight wins, a draw, and a defeat in the last uh, 10 games at Rugby Park under McInnes. It's so, not bad. It's not and bad. And then, and, then, and, then, and then I'd probably say in at least, well, we've got Motherwell, um, I think Dunfermline, um, and Arbroath, and then Dundee United. So at least four of them, maybe five, we've had to come back and either get a draw or a win. So the mentality is there. Yeah, and it's and it's always late on as well. Our broth last season, we scored in the 77th and the 90th minute. Uh, yesterday, the 71st and the uh, 77th minute, uh, 93rd minute against uh, Dundee United on the opening day. Don't write Kilmarnock off is what I'm saying when they're at home at Rugby Park. Celtic aside. This is, this is the attitude. Two weeks ago, you were, you were, I had to lift your head up off that screen, man. It's honestly, the, um, but like I said to you, Rangers and Celtic, for me, they've got to be seen as freebie games. And if you get yeah. something from it, happy days. Well, like, you know what? But... It's, it's proven today after Dundee United that you can look at it in two ways. Dundee United, you, you laugh about it for, well, 5 nil is a great result, but then it doesn't look so good when we play them in the first game of the season. But we were the better team in that game. So you can understand to a degree why they probably got hammered like they did. And... I just, I just believe that Kilmarnock, you know, you've got to be realistic with them. And like you said, I, I think for me, I was just disappointed with the manner of the defeat. But then, yeah, yeah, you, you got, you can't ignore the quality and the, and the money and the, and the, you know, that, that Celtic have. So I suppose in that respect, you know, it was just one of them. It's a bit like Ipswich, you know, got absolutely schooled off the park that day. Yeah, Ipswich yeah. could have probably had four or five as well. So yeah, and it's, it was unlucky how. I mean, was it your second and third game was Rangers and Celtic? Yes, like, exactly. Like, that, that's really unlucky. And and I, I would like to go back and see how often that's happened to a newly promoted club as well. It, it must be rare to get two of your first three games against against both old firm teams. Yeah, it is. And, and, and it, if you look at it, actually, in reflection, we our first four games, we played... Um, we played fourth, 
first, second, and um, and sixth. And I think Motherwell actually finished fifth last year. So the first five games we've played have all finished in the top six. There you go. Um, and obviously, you know, we came from behind yesterday. So the mentality, like you say, is there. And the, and the four points we have got, we've had to come from behind to get. So yeah. it, it's great to see that. Hopefully now we can push on and go on the front foot. But um, tough game in the week away at Hearts in the Cup. I'm one of them where we'll give it a good shot, maybe give one or two players a chance. If we go out, I'm not going to be overly fussed because there's another cup competition to come, but I'd still like us to do okay. We've got a bigger squad than Shrewsbury, so we've got more flexibility to give players a chance yeah. to refresh and up. And then the big one is Hibs away uh, in the league next week. Are you uh, going? Uh, I'm camping next weekend. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I've got a camping trip with uh, friends and family. So that what um what away games have you got sort of penciled in? As I'm hoping to season? get to Livingston on the seventeenth of September. How uh, far is that from you? It's on it's on the way to Edinburgh between Glasgow and Edinburgh, so it's not too. Oh, far. It's not, no, it's not too far at all, is it? Nah, not far. So it's another plastic pitch to go to as well. <laughs> uh, worse than Killies, apparently, according to a Rangers fan. But yeah, it's. Um, What's yeah, it like I mean, watching the games on that pitch? Do you forget that it's artificial, or or does it feel different? I mean, I'm, to... I'm, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Yeah. Sometimes I do think that we could have the grass, and it, it sometimes is a disadvantage. And I think, well, not really. No, we've done all right at home. Or you know, well, you're used to it. Like not every team that comes to you is going to be used to it. So yeah, I think I think it's more. Obviously, it's it's great because we can train on it as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, like you say, we are used to that pitch. Um, we always tend to water it up as well, which is great. The sprinklers always come on uh, <laughs> as well for the opposition, so it does. Uh, it is a bit of advantage. So until the SFA decide there's no plastic pitches allowed in the uh, in the league, we'll continue to have it. Um, and it also it's also great. So it winds up the ugly sisters uh, down the road. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, long may that continue. Um, but you know, like I say, we 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 have certainly improved. Um, you know, yesterday was a very good performance, and if we can take that to Hibs, who are on the ropes at the minute, they're not too great. Um, you know, I'd, I'd take a draw at Hibs and get yeah. our first points away from home this season. I'll be happy with a draw, but there's no reason why we can't go there and win um, as yeah. well. So, you coming to uh, you coming to Vale? Um. That's the thing. See, see, these days the prices for trains to get down is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Um, so, and it's hard because I think obviously the weeks I'm at Killy Games. Um, I'm if I'm not, I'm working. So it's going to be yeah. hard. I think I was looking at Hillsborough to squeeze in. Okay. So, Just let us know. Let us know. And we'll meet up. Yeah. No. Certainly will be. I'm looking to get down to a game, but it's so hard. At the minute, um, yeah, no, it really with, is with commitments up here, but no, we'll be looking to get a game, definitely need to get down. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, no, anyway, um, I think really that's all we've got time for today. I mean, we'll do a quick predictions for next week, sure, sure, yeah, go so, for it. Uh, well, so, well, we've got shoes, we're not going to do the uh, Papa John's, we'll ignore that. Um, I'll do the well, we can do if you want, actually. Do you want to do a Papa John's for a laugh? Let's go for a prediction. I don't know if it'll be much of a laugh, mate, but I'll uh, I'll predict it. <laughs> um, I'll say in actually in that group, does it go to penalties? If in the yes. group, if yeah. it does, okay, yeah, I'm gonna true. say. I think actually, I don't know if it does or not. That's how bad it is that we don't actually know. Yeah, I don't even like. know the rules of a cup we're in. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> just just but, say a win or defeat. That's easier, isn't it? Um, <laughs> all right, one 0 win, Charlie Caton. Charlie Kane. Right. Well, it was three-one last year, so I'm going to go three-one again. All right, cool. Uh, and I'm going to go for a blocks and double. 
And uh, I'm going to go for, I don't know, who am I going to go for? Let's think. Who's going to likely to play? I'm going to go for Pike. So I don't know. I think Pike's going to score. Cool. Yeah, cool. Pike. Um, Forest Green after you? Forest Green. Uh, I reckon yeah, I reckon 2 1. I'm quite fancying an away win. Yeah, same, same. Um, I'll go. Bowman oh, yeah, will score go again. Bowman yeah. will score. And yeah. I reckon Luke Leahy will have a penalty. Oh, I was going to say Leahy. I was going to say 2 0. I think Sorry. we'll get a clean sheet. Um, I was going to say Lee, but I won't, no, I won't. I won't copy you. I'll say uh, Bayliss and Shipley. Bayliss and Shipley. You do realise one of them's not going to score. Luke Lee, he's going to score, and it's going to be two 0 And it's probably going to be a worldie. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> that's right. well. I like it. The positivity. We're both. Well, like I said, hopefully I'm going to be there, so we can when we catch up next week. I'll I'll have a better. Yeah. Good. A better understanding of it, but um, yeah, it's going to be a, a whirlwind next week coming back from Liverpool early hours of a Saturday morning just to go to Forest Fucking Green. <laughs> well, you know what? It's uh, it's a last minute dot com decision, so hopefully uh, it, it proves good. Uh, and then for Kilmarnock, right? Okay, so we've got Hearts away. We've won. I think we've won five out of the last six at Tyne Castle, but they're on a really good bit of form. Do you read into those sort of stats? Because I, I always think that, like, when, when they say, oh, like, Shrewsbury haven't won at, say, I don't know, say they say they haven't won at Northampton in 20 years, but oh, none of those players played 20 years ago, you know. All I would say is we're their bogey side. So you always okay, get okay. a team that you play up against and that, and they are the bogey team. Um, but I, for me, I just think Hearts will, they're out, uh, I don't know, they're still in Europe, aren't they? So they, they, they're lost, but they're, they're still in Europe. they so they'll maybe keep players for the league as well. So will um, you. And so will we. So there's going to be a lot of changes to both teams. So it could be a quite an interesting game. I'll go for, I don't like to go against us. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to go 1-1 and I reckon it's going to go to penalties. And I reckon we'll win on penalties because we're so rubbish on penalties that we're actually going to turn it around and win on penalties. Um, I reckon who am I going to go for a goal score I'm going to, I can laugh at he'll score because I reckon he'll come on at some point or even start and he'll definitely score because he, he used to play for the Jambos so what a way to get your first goal of the season um, yeah. and uh, it'll be in front of the Jambos fans as well so, and next Saturday next Saturday with Hibs yeah they're on a bit of poor form at the minute um, so, you got, so, you got two, so you're away at Hearts and Hibs in the same week might as well stay there for the week yeah, yeah. stay in Edinburgh for the three yeah, days yeah. Um, oh I don't know that's it's, a tough gonna, game I'm, isn't it, is, it? it I, they're on a bit of poor form but I don't think I think we can win it it's possibly but if, that'd be I'll go with my head my re, you know, realistically I reckon it'd be a one all draw um, and I'll go for oh, who's going to score Satona's going to come on and get his goal he hasn't played much yet but I reckon he'll come on at some point and yeah he'll score so I'm confident of, a, of an unbeaten uh, blanished record for both teams uh, come next week we'll see there we'll see <laughs> anyway I think that's all we've got time for I think we've covered oh no there was one thing I wanted to cover actually one thing I wanted to cover and you'll laugh at this so spreadsheet what spreadsheet exactly what spreadsheet so i hate i hate spreadsheets right so this is a guy right called Stephen cw on twitter he's under c scw188 so i'm assuming he's a celtic fan because he's got a wee clove by him 
we clover. Okay. Lots of chat recently about away allocations, attendances, etc. in the SPFL. I've done a wee exercise showing how much money has been left on the table due to unsold seats after four rounds of games. I've based this on the average of £30 per ticket. So he's done this little spreadsheet, very pretty. Kilmarnock, top of the league for something, at least. So after four rounds of games and two at home, so this is based on the fact that we don't give a, a big allocation out. So basically Celtic and Rangers fans are kicking off about the fact they don't get more than one stand for an away game. Are Boo-hoo. they sure? They, they always get more than one stand at some, well, a lot of grounds, don't they? Yeah, but one, well, yeah, but boohoo, it's a disadvantage. So obviously, like they used to get, this is years ago, like well, I'd say years ago, a few years ago, they used to get them off at stand as well. But that's where the kids are. Yeah. So they used to take eight thousand. That's in a ground that holds just under eighteen thousand. So if you work out the percentage, would you yeah. get that anywhere else? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. four thousand fans, away fans for either of those is plenty. Yeah, and. and- no, no offense to any Celtic Rangers fans, but who do you think you are? You're you're away from home, so you go in the away end. Simple yeah, as exactly. So you shouldn't have more. So so based on this, we would lose. We would make an extra five hundred and seventy-two thousand four hundred pound exactly. So I like it. I always work that out to the penny. Um, Motherwell five hundred twenty-eight nine thirty. Dundee United four hundred three nine twenty, and so on and so on. Is this it? So this is if um, those those seats that weren't full. It weren't taken, we're giving yeah, to, they, to Celtic they were, they were giving to Celtic, yeah, basically. Okay, okay. So he's worked out a nice little spreadsheet. He's taken his time, bless him, to do that. Um, so that's, that's actually pretty good figures, though, isn't it? Like, um, to, to go and work that out. But it's pointless. It's a pointless exercise. Do you know the... Do you know the... Um, <laughs> do you know, like, in... Uh, oh, what's it called? Um, oh, what's it bloody called now? Uh, what's the film called? Um... Austin Powers, you know, you got the wee Scott, they get the big Scottish guy, and he's like, ah, boo hoo. <laughs> <laughs> that was me, I replied that, boo hoo. <laughs> anyway, um, on, a, on a serious note, like that spreadsheet's a joke because it's not actually a true reflection of what money would be left on the table for us. Mm. So he's, he's, he's claiming, right, 572,000. So he's basically talking over half a million we would have, right, that we're just chucking away. But out of that half a million, if we were to give him an extra stand to give him the eight thousand, yeah, right, straight away, has he is he taken into the account the extra police costs? No, he hasn't. First aid costs, you know, for the stewarding, stewarding, um, the police, catering, uh, catering, you know, you name it. Every every bit that, that come of cost that you pay on a match day. That's got to be incorporated into that. Not to incur the fact that every time Celtic and Rangers come here, they always manage to damage seats. Um, so that'll be more seats damaged. Um, so that's that's all that. Out of curiosity, who was who was um, at the bottom of that? So who would like who was the least percentage left? Hibs. <laughs> okay, so so is that bit of a saying? Hibs fill their ground. Yeah, Ra- Rangers. And, yeah. So, but let's not forget, right? As well. We're, we're, so you know. Um, you're taking away home advantage as well. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. If we want, if we want to have our, if we want to have your fans there, you you, you go there. It's our home advantage, which our three stands. You wouldn't go to Shrewsbury and see two stands of Sunderland fans full. No, uh, you you wouldn't see Ipswich having two stands. You wouldn't have Derby or Wolves. You have that away end behind that goal. That's all you get. Tough tough shit. If you sell out, you sell out. Tough shit. Yeah, yeah. You watch it on illegal channels or. 
or you wait for the highlights. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. I completely agree. You know, with and, 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 and it's, it's, it's a joke. And it's not, you take home advantage, but then they're on about the Moffat stand as well. You take away the uh, disability, uh, so the, the disabled section, where are the set, which is a new pla- uh, a new thing that we've um, remade. And it's yeah. a lot better. So we ramp that goes up behind the back and it goes on and it's, it's great. I mean, the pictures are fantastic. You take away that. You take away the this um, the standing facility that we've got in that section. There's a standing section in that facility. You take away the kids zone, the fan zone that's introduced that I was talking about, about the kids, you know, the free school uh, tickets for kids. You take all that away on a match say what, so we can facilitate Celtic or Rangers. Absolute joke. Uh, just wanted to point that out. And, and the changes that you'd have to make for that as well. Um, yeah. They're, they're quite long-lasting changes as well, so it's not something that you could just incorporate or bring in or out for two or well, three or four games a season as well. Yeah, lack of respect, um, and they just—it's an exa- another example of Rangers and Celtic as to why everyone hates them, um, because you know it's not just about there's re- you know there's there's no need for it, and and this is the this is coming from a fan who supports a club that also requests that Rangers only have. I was like just about to say that. 500 yeah. tickets for when Rangers come. And vice versa, yeah. Yeah, so stick it up you basically. Stop yeah. moaning, get on with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, he's probably got a, a son there. He's probably asked him, Dad, can I go out to the play park? No, sorry, I'm just finishing off my spreadsheet. Yeah. Uh, we can have more fans. Get it up, yeah. We've got um, spreadsheet Steve, we'll call him. Yeah, spreadsheet Steve. So spreadsheet Steve, um, unlucky to you, mate. You, um, you know, it's what it's what it is. Boo-hoo. What was the feedback like on that? Did people mock him, or did they, did um, people, or <laughs> yeah. did the Celtic lot really get get into that? Yeah, there was thirty-seven retweets, one hundred and twenty-three quoted tweets, and one hundred and eighty likes. So there wasn't that many likes. Um, okay. Probably just all Celtic fans moaning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, you know, it's um, it's just. Just bizarre, like you know. Yet again, you know, he spent he spent he thought you know he's obviously had a spare bit of time now to do that. Bless him. Um, yeah. But but to be fair, give him his due. Like at least we come out top on something. So. <laughs> uh, well so done. Yeah. So Null and void. Yeah. Null and void. We, we, we we've come top with the Steve spreadsheet list. Happy days. Do we get a trophy for that? Yeah. Um, along along with our plastic carpet. A day a day a day to tag him in on the promo for this. Yeah. Uh, any, for any, this. Anything to pod. anything to slag off a Celtic or Rangers fan and get up there, mate. Man. Tag him in on the promo of this. I might do. I might just do that. Actually, just <laughs> and he'd have to listen. Hang on, and then he'd have to listen for an hour and a half to get to his bit. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> mate. You're you're on this, but you, I'm not telling you where. <laughs> get to listen to the famous Shrewsbury first, and then the famous Kelly before you get to listen. It'd to be it'd bit. be the most hated podcast in Glasgow. Yeah, probably. But who cares? It, hey, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be well laughed at by Rangers fans, well perceived, because it's a Celtic fan. But then again, I've slagged off Rangers as well. So I did say that Rangers fans, if you do listen, I did say you were better in Europe than Celtic as well. So there you go. Come on, Every cloud. Start. Every cloud. Anyway, um, that's all we got time for. Thanks again, Rob. Been a great as usual. It's been a positive one this week. Hopefully yeah. next week, uh, same again. But for now, take care. Goodbye. Brilliant. Have a good week. See you later.